Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. As always, I'm joined by producer Joel. Hey! How is it going in Italy, Joel? Buongiorno! Uh, we've recorded this in the past, but I'm predicting it's going swimmingly. And I've start, I've taken going on swimming. the hand gestures. I've done a bit of swimming, but I'm doing all the hand gestures. Yeah, I've, I'm all the hand the gestures. So far, you've done one hand gesture. That's the Italian... Yeah, but everyone knows the one I mean, don't they? When I say the Italian hand gesture. Yeah. What does it mean? Just, it means everything. It means everything. Yeah, in the same way that Chow sort of does. Must get a bit confusing if you're... Um, Death in Italy. If you are, let us know. <laughs> At Jokes with Mark, <laughs> across all social media. Uh, yeah, let us know what that's like, because if it means everything, then how do you distinguish actions? Are we making any sense, Joel? Yeah. Yeah. We're making loads of sense. It's the most sense we've ever made. Well, when have you got another day? We always record quite a few, like a few of these in a row, and then... But the second one, I'm always a bit sort of, I've, I've sort of done my good stuff. And yeah. It's just, this is just leftover. It is. Well, this is off it's, it's delicious leftovers with the lovely Phil Ellis. Wow, that was good. We're going straight into it, are we? Yeah. Why I, not? I, I feel we, like there's no steam left in this. <laughs> well, we, we spoke about everything, haven't we? And we it's have, in the future yeah. and we don't technically know what's happening right now. No, I, we could, I want us to be dead. Well, we could all be. It, something could happen. Like it could be a big old, I just saw an article in um facebook about um what are you typing don't know mate you're typing. just typing away typing away i saw an article about something to do with that they detected a heartbeat in a, a cloud like a like a cosmic cloud a heartbeat what the clouds alive no, so something like sort of a bit like a cloud, this is quite cloud, a weird filter like, to get news through from. I, you saw a thing on Facebook keep, about a cloud. You know what? I keep reading these weird sort of alien conspiracy things, and mm. I think now because I read one, I think they just keep popping up. If you know what yeah. I'm talking about, at jokes with Mark, say I know what you're talking about, Mark. Nice to hear from you. So <laughs> this week we've got Phil Ellis. Woo! We have got. Uh, Multi, ta- like he's got his hand in all the pies. He does a bit of stand up. He does he does funs and games, which we spoke about last week. He's done. The- he's got a Radio Four show. Try in with Phil Ellis or Phil Ellis. Phil Ellis. Phil Ellis. 
paralysis. That sounds like a disease. You're falling into bits. Oh, I've got paralysis. Um, <laughs> Phil Ellis is trying on Radio 4. Good stuff. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we chat about, we chat quite a bit about, oh, well, we, it was quite a long interview and we cut it down and we'll release the second half at some point. And I think the bit that we're putting out, if you correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, is a bit a bit more about script writing jokes. It is. Very interesting. That, yes, and, that's what I was uh, hoping. Lots about um, writing jokes for radio, which I really yes. enjoyed. Excellent. Well, let's not mess around. Let's just have a listen to what he's got to say. All right, Joel. All right, Mark. So, yeah, so but I can see behind you, you've got just A4 pages of notes. So that's for your next up show. So you did an hour for next up. Yeah. And um, and what was that? Was that of, an hour you've done before? No, it's because, because I've just, that week, we've just recorded the sitcom, radio okay. sitcom. So I've been focusing on that and not on the show. But, oh, because you could do the sitcom whilst on lockdown. Yeah, so I was writing that over Skype and um, with my co-writer, and then oh, um, yeah. and then I came back to London to record it, and um, so I thought in, in 2018 I did a show called Phil Ellis is Ready for the Big Time, and in that I just had all these pieces of paper behind me because I wanted right. it to be quite a free show, so I just asked the audience what they wanted if they wanted a magic trick or a story or a oh, right. joke or a thing and then i'd just go through those and oh cool so when you were doing the, the next up thing this is how they could see it yeah so behind they, you because yeah, i was i was imagining you were facing those and then they're just your little points that you'd re- to remember what to do no it was a really good show because for some reason i had this wheelie chair which I always stand up, obviously, but then I, it feels a bit weird just standing up on a Zoom yeah, yeah. gig. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I always sit down. Yeah, and I quite liked it because you could just sort of, because I'm quite gangly, it looks quite funny to be scooting <laughs> around on a little wheelie chair <laughs> and, uh, and then moving back and forth. And then I'd have stuff around the room so that I could keep moving. To, yes, I to go and get a joke from over there. And... I found with online gigs, if it, especially if it's quite a long time, it's good to have some sort of visual element. Just mm. it just keeps people's attention because I think such as talking like this just yeah. gets boring after a while, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah, and I'm quite visual anyway, so I like to. Yeah, I always think my physicality of being a gangly. So, just so a is that so, so that stuff you did for that gig? That did you mm. say that was new new for that? Yeah, so because I've, I'm oh, wow. trying to change my entire act. Because, <laughs> Are you? Yeah, because for like 14 years, I've been very freeform and just sort of making it up with a mm. few set pieces and jokes that I know I can do. But generally yeah. in the gig, I'll just make it up on the night, okay, which yeah. TV people hate. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> really hate. I'm friends with the director of the Apollo, and he's just like, "There's no, no fucking way I'll ever get you on the Apollo," because <laughs> I'll be doing a gig, and then all of a sudden I'll climb up the wall and start piling up furniture. And there's no camera on that wall. No, that's it. We can't get in the balcony. Where's he gone? He's like Barrymore. Pretty okay, so you're so 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 what? This is great then. What what? So what are you thinking? As in, you all written routines. Yeah, like, but not completely. But so I'm ditching the whole 
not the whole character, but I'm just not going to go on and start lamenting the past. Like, because normally I'd go on, say a few lines, so everyone knows I'm a loser. Yeah. And then a bitter. And the act is has always been that I get more and more frustrated. And he's not a very nice bloke. Me. <laughs> it's not much of a character. I don't know how to pretend. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. So basically, I sort of because um, I, I, I I don't mind bombing at a gig which is also mm. not good for TV people, but I quite like <laughs> the... Uh, There's laughter so track. Yeah, but I found that the, the act... Why is everyone laughing and crying? So, yeah. <laughs> I, want, I, was, I think I said to you in the sitcom, we've got no laughter track. I heard the first episode edit last night. And absolutely. Oh, you have it? Oh, yeah. Mm. So, Weird. hang on. Because so, I've just listened to... Um, oh, so because it wasn't in front of a studio audience... Mm. that's oh yeah. wow so I just, I just on my walk this morning i had to listen to the first episode and it's great with mm. a live audience it's spot on it's just a gig isn't it yeah and that obviously i'm not an actor so i feed off the audience yeah so and that helps my acting and when i was listening to it because obviously with lockdown we had to do it we, like johnny vegas was in liverpool mick ferry was in liverpool mm. and we we're all in london in different booths and then we could see it was all on a zoom call so we had like alexi sale in one room and me in this one katia Gavinga and another terry minot was at home he said he had right. his own studio but he clearly it was the most echoey room ever so <laughs> after about two lines he was under a duvet with a so cat he's set in a cave right yeah yeah he's had this really shit he's like made i don't know what like with fucking pipe cleaners he was like crouching <laughs> And uh, a cat kept fucking sitting on the router and stuff and all that. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so it was a bit weird. But and, so, and I just think without a laughter track, it mm. just seemed, one, it sounds more Radio 4 for some reason, which I don't like. And um, <laughs> because we've tried to make a sitcom that's very un Radio 4. Mm. Uh, not to slag off Radio 4, but I just thought it, it's usually yeah, lots of like difference. very posh people talking about Pina. Yeah. Um, in fact, in the second series, we have Phil and uh, Lolly, uh, Polly, who's Amy mm. Gledhill, because Lolly left after series one. Um, yeah. We we rush home to listen to Pino Time on Radio 4, and it's just two middle-class <laughs> ladies talking about um, how the ski chalet's fallen through again, <laughs> <laughs> being investigated by Ofsted <laughs> and all that. <laughs> Pino, Pino. <laughs> and, I don't, and my character doesn't even know what a Pino is, but he's having a great time. <laughs> what is a Pino? But, um, so, so what are you going to do with that? Are, are they? What's? Are you, might you put a laughter track over it? Well, I want to, if I'm honest, mm. but I don't think we are going to. It, it's weird because what it, it's allowed is, it's. I don't laugh at comedies out loud at all. Mm. On my own. If I'm with someone, I can laugh. But if you're on your own, it's very hard to sit and guffaw at a sitcom because it's that weird. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, and I like laughter because I've always wanted. I like, like the sitcom's quite an old school sitcom. It's gag based, yeah, character based, and uh, with a live audience, which isn't made a lot anymore on TV, particularly. And I, uh, but I think it's quite a contemporary show, really. Like a lot of the mm. themes of the people in it, but it's got an old school feel. Because my favourite sitcom is Rising Damp, you know, so and Bottom, yeah. you know, things like you know. But um, so do you think without that laughter? Do you think, because because of your performance, a lot of it is like 
it's you isn't it like like it's really funny because of the way you're doing things like you said with the like with you being like gangly and and whatnot Mm. so without like a live audience seeing it laughing and sort of do you think that do you think that's why it feels weird because if you're just listening to it it's harder to get the vibe of you maybe i don't know what I i think so it's weird i always remember um i don't know it's not like it's not like we have to tell the audience this is a joke laugh because mm. it is pretty much set up gag yeah, set, yeah and there's so so many jokes i think that the first series we we're finding our feet we never wrote a sitcom before and, so well i, I wrote right. a joke down from the first episode that i really liked because i thought it's, oh, it's a proper proper joke oh, which yeah, was sure. when you're talking to lolly and um you say to her, you go and do that. You go and ask her because you're more persuasive. And she said, I'm not. And you said, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a really good joke. There's, lo- yeah, there's, like, there's loads of great. So was that a big transition from your stand-up? Because like you say, you didn't do proper joke jokes. And then you're doing the script. Yeah, because like my, my first set when I started was crap. Like it was, I, I was very <laughs> pun-based. And sorry, I was trying to be like, oh, I hate Reeves, those acts. basically. Oh yeah, no, but but I couldn't do it very well. So mine was, <laughs> I'd come out with a plastic bag and I'd pull out this little plastic Bambi, like garden ornament that I'd found at a boot sale, and I go, "Hey, five hundred quid that cost me. I know what you're thinking. That's a little deer. Big laughs. <laughs> Fucking roof off, and we're off. And then I'd mention how at the time I looked like Rodney Trotter, and they were all on side after that, and. Uh, but in my last show, I showed my first set on screen and went through it as if it was like oh, a wow. masterclass. Uh, and it was the most painful experience I've ever <laughs> But the so good thing sick. about that is you clearly know how to write a joke then. Like, you know, you understand the concept of what goes into writing a joke. So that that's probably a good mm. way of starting to end up where you are. Because yeah, now you know how to write a joke for script. I think so, and I think that my, my acted. I think it's sort of come back round again because I've been writing the sitcom. I realise how much I like writing gags, mm. and uh, my co-writer Fraser Steele has been writing comedy for twenty-five years. You know, and um, he is very just excellent at gags. And so when we're together, we love making each other laugh. And yeah, and like, and mine can be a little bit more obscure at times, and maybe don't quite work. And it's good to have someone there to sort of to rein it in a little bit and yeah do you mean like he'll he'll maybe craft it so you've got the initial funny idea and then you need someone to help craft it into the the finished bit sometimes yeah but generally we we like we'll come up with a storyline and then we'll just start writing there's no we don't really have a path we just Mm. find it accidentally the storyline and then we'll just sit and just keep making jokes to each other as a conversation but we and then we'll go back over it and put more gags in mm. <clears throat> once there's a little narrative in there and then um and we kind of like i suppose it's like a 50 50 i write one joke he writes another and uh, i always have to type it up because he never goes near a laptop i really but um, it's uh and then i'll go and tidy up the speech sometimes and make it sound like people actually talking as opposed to people telling jokes to each other yeah, I do. So as far as the things. as far as like the jokes are concerned, like not so if you were doing a stand up show with jokes, you get to go to new material nights and try the jokes and then re- reword it. 
But with what with a script that then gets performed in front of a live audience, do you don't like? I imagine you do a read through, but do you, you don't probably in front of an actual audience, do you? No. Or what, do you? What, what I what I do is I tell all my friends all the jokes all the time. Oh, okay. Which is pathetic, but I just because <laughs> I because I find it funny, so I go and I just try it out on them, which is awful yeah. To do, but I, no, I don't think it is at all. Yeah. Depends who it is you're doing it to, but like if you've yeah. got a group of friends where that's acceptable, and also having a writing partner helps, doesn't it? Because yeah, definitely. That's a nice initial. What's that? I've never written with anyone before, so it was interesting. Too. Ah, okay. And with all my stand-up shows, they've always been set pieces and mm. stories that I make funny. Like I don't write. Like my Edinburgh show, I'd sold out the first two days this year. Um, because it, I practiced it with the, I had a cast of seven people and none of them, none of them knew what was going on. <laughs> so I just sold out the first two days so I could use them to rehearse. Oh, and cool. uh, and then after about four or five days, it takes shape. And then mm. I just keep building on it and building on it. And um, But I've always got an idea of how it's going to run. And then I kind yeah. of find the gags and the laughs in that. So when you've recorded... Do, do you ever get times when the jokes don't hit? Yeah, what, in a, an Edinburgh show? No, no, So oh, go, going back to the scripts. So, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So would you take real. a joke out if it doesn't hit or, or because it's all part of a storyline, you're stuck with it, are you? Not always. I mean, because there's so many gags, we can lose a few. Can you remember any that, you, that didn't work? Yeah, I'm trying to think which one it was now, but there's one and I really loved it and it just tanked. So I just said, put a laugh on it because that's funny. Oh, really? And then, uh, because a very Radio 4 audience, they, exactly. um, yeah, no, they're, they're not, they're just old people that get a free ticket. So like... No, no, that, no, oh, sorry. What I meant, what I meant was the people that are going to be listening to it on the radio. Oh, fuck Maybe. Should... <laughs> <laughs> give a shit mate because <laughs> that was going to be my no. point is the people in the studio audience might not be that comedy savvy but they're just there for the free ticket whereas the people that like listening to comedy yeah. are listening on the radio so if you put a laugh on it you know it's funny and you know they'll find it funny yeah a little bit because like there's certain gags that i know are really radio for like like we had one in um I think we discussed this when there's one episode called Rugrat in series two, where um, I've been hired to look into Desiree Birch is the mayor of this northern town. So I'm an American mayor is quite funny. And uh, she thinks her husband's having an affair. He's a carpet fitter, Rugrat, clever that, isn't he? And, uh, <laughs> and he's got like a lot and he goes, you know us carpet fitters. You know, you know what we're like. You knew what I was like when you married me. I'm a carpet fitter. <laughs> so it all ends up that we go on <laughs> trying to find it. We had to put a swingers party and you've got to wear masks. So me and Johnny Vegas go to a swingers party and uh, we're outside. We thought it'd be funny that Johnny's like, oh, let's swap masks. And I go, no, I'm a natural grommet. Everyone would be Wallace. Wallace is rubbish. So, oh, it's funny. We've turned up as Wallace and Gromit. And that was just <laughs> something we thought was funny. Yeah. But yeah. then when great we're for the... radio too, because of... not radio too, but yeah. great for radio. <laughs> as well uh, yeah, yeah. because obviously they can't if that was on tv the reveal would be when you walk in the room i guess yeah and it's, it's like quite... yeah it's a funny it's like, like, like in episode one there's a bit where i turn up and and i've run out my clothes are ruined so johnny's only got one smart suit in his memorabilia shop 
and he goes, I've got one thing and it's absolute catnip to the ladies. I think you've heard that. And I turn up and the date goes, um, oh, is that a cape you're wearing? I go, not any cape, Liberace's cape. So it's quite funny that I've turned up dressed as Liberace. But um, there's a lot of old references as well. I find it funny to like mention Oddbins and Rumbelows and all that, but don't even exist anymore. A lot of them. I don't but, know um, what that is. Yeah, I know. I, I don't, to be honest. I just, just remember the name, but... <laughs> So with the with that episode, we then go into the swingers party, and my brother's in that episode, which I liked. And um, oh, cool! There's a really funny gag where he goes, "Oh, the buffet's open." He goes, uh, "Do you like a donut?" And he goes, "Oh, yes, please." Johnny goes, "Yes, please." I go, "Don't, John, look where he's holding the donuts." And he goes, "Please take the end one. I'm flagging." And it's like, "Oh God!" So he's carrying the donuts on his penis. And there was one gag that we had to take out where I said. I said, and the jam ones. <laughs> so, but, so. <laughs> Why'd you take that out? Just too. Apparently, it was a bit too crude, yeah. But then. Um, That's not and then crude. at the end. I know, I think with Radio 4, they've got to, be, they've got to sort of tread the line a little bit. And so, I do you think, as in, weird. like, they might have thought it was blood? I think they just thought someone having sex with a donut's not very Radio 4. <laughs> <laughs> but surely, just. Yeah, but surely. Like a regular donut is more like having sex with it because there's not a. I suppose there is a hole in a jam donut technically, but the oh, jam yeah, goes I mean, in. I'd struggle to get in there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. That's it. Don't want to. Don't want to blow my own trumpet, pal. But uh, don't mind telling you. <laughs> it's a bloody big donut. Um, so who? So when? Yeah. So when you put that in the script. <clears throat> so you wouldn't have dropped that because it hadn't worked in front of an audience. So what, what's the process of dropping it? Just like some one of the execs just says, that's probably not quite. Well, yeah, we had to take a few jokes out of one episode uh, because he thought they were hateful. <laughs> but they weren't. I, I didn't <laughs> think they were. There was a great gag uh, in one that I go, God, uh, Alexi Sale was meant to go, God, he's, I'm giving him a piggyback, a uh, shoulder ride. It's bring your son to prison day and I've gone to visit him in prison <laughs> and uh, and he doesn't want to he wants to uh, keep his uh, trainer's box fresh so he's getting carried around by everyone and um, and I go can you get off me now and he goes yeah he goes your, your shoulders are about as comfortable as grandparents at a lesbian wedding <laughs> which I thought was <laughs> but they but said that... it doesn't but that's the, the joke is that the old people older generations what is always lovely is how it, you know, obviously the move, trying to move with. That's the, the point, isn't now. it? You're saying that it has moved, which is a positive thing. Yeah, but they still sit there not quite. Never to be honest, like you said, if the but, if the if the radio audience or even in the studio is tends to be quite old, that also hmm. might not go on down within the room. Yeah, so that was well. So we just thought it's just easier to change it to. Um, I think it was like that grandparents is, on a Zoom is, family Zoom quiz or something. Okay, yeah, like yeah, that's interesting. That's the change because that still mm. it's still good, but it's not as funny, is it? Yeah, which is annoying. So bit... That's very much of a, a today's problem, isn't it? I think. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not an edgy comic by any stretch of the imagination, mm. but um, when I'm live, I can be a bit. I, one of the reasons I'm changing my acts is that I, I don't know. I funs and games. So... There are a few. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's disgraceful. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, life. Le- well, with funs and games, 
what I had the idea of well, actually what I'll do is I'll finish this story about the Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. So with that Wallace and Gromit, that was just a, a joke that we thought was funny we'd have these masks on. And then as a plot point, we had to find a way that we realised that he's in the party because everyone's wearing masks. So they're going, right. check out Batman near the flan. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, look at his knees, what's that? Is it look burned? Carpet burns. Oh, you know, like... So then we, we rush out <laughs> because they start playing Twister. Um, and uh, in the rush, I thought we need to, a way that we find out that he's there. So I said, what if Johnny's put his trousers on by mistake and we go in and find the wallet of the guy who's having the affair? Yeah. And that's the evidence, you know. So we get back and I go, go away. Your trousers look a bit tight. Have you, have you expanded again? And he goes, uh, no, he goes, I go, and then he goes, it just came to us, like, yeah. as a weird thing. Yeah, he goes, no, they're the wrong trousers, Gromit. <laughs> it was a great, a great guy. And the Radio 4 audience loved it. Like, it was the, so, like, one of the biggest laughs. So that came naturally. that Because anyone listening yeah, to that, that was... would think you'd thought of that joke because it's yeah. so, so key in the plot. Yeah. And then work backwards. Enough. To, yeah, because he's got the wrong trousers on, and then you think, "Oh, we could go as Wallace and Gromit," but no, that's not how it worked. No, no, it's just a happy wow. coincidence. Yeah, that's great. So was, that was yeah, so it was, that was a lot of fun. And um, but uh, an element of that episode that didn't work is I was because I'm a big Humphrey Bogart fan, so I, I wanted to keep doing a Humphrey Bogart impression throughout it and doing little soliloquies and things, and they just. <laughs> died on their ass <laughs> so we just took them all out but for some reason yeah. there's still one at the very end which makes no sense so i just start going yeah that's the thing cam here's looking at you and all that. So, but did no you have to keep for... it in just because for the episode yeah because at the end me and my love interest uh, she's leaving i've got to choose between paying my council tax or her leaving the town forever and i go that's no no, uh, that's no decision at all to me. And then he just goes, ping pong, the next flight out to Casablanca. <laughs> you really so. so I've just walked into the airport because I'm like, no, I'm not paying my council tax. <laughs> so it's because he's horrible. We had a meeting about about him the other day and people were talking about the character going, he's like a, he's like a lovable, I mean, he's not, he's an absolute prick, <laughs> really. He's not a very, no good features to him. You know, he's not, you don't hate him. It's like Basil, Basil Fault has got no real, yeah, yeah, good points at all. But you still don't. You still kind of want him to win. Do you think uh, if you rip, like continue to make it series after series, there would be a gradual arc? Nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill him off. I'll kill him off and just come back as his twin brother. <laughs> just got a list. <laughs> so, so while we're on the script, before we move, because you got you're a man of many hats. So, um, I don't even know if that's a phrase, is it? I don't think it is at all. But uh, I, I, have, I don't even own any hats. <laughs> the irony. Um, can you think of any other bits from this the script that um, that you you maybe changed, like from? There was you think um, of a process of a bit. Uh, so we had in uh, the second series, we had Lee Mack and Alexis Sale in one episode. Oh, you, you, when I saw, saw you the other day, you mentioned this. This, Yeah. yeah what was that yeah. bit again? So that was, um, we go into Alexis Sale's come back from the dead, basically, is my dad. And we mm. go downstairs to Johnny's memorabilia shop and he wants to take me to Mutlin's holiday camp 
Mutton's. But it turns out it, he's trying to rob the biggest bingo cash prize of all time. And he needs me to get in because it's far, you've got to be a family unit to get in. <laughs> and I've got to pretend to be under, under 12, I think. So there's a funny bit. Because obviously I've got a beard. So there's a bit in the car where he goes, right, come here, I'm going to have to shave you. And you just hear this. And I go, buddy, I thought you saw me in the face first. How thorough is security? <laughs> I thought he's a nice little radio guy. Uh, he's shaving my balls. And, uh, but we go into Johnny's shop and we start looking through all of his stuff. So he's got loads in there, like Evil Knievel's uh, hip flask, kettle, Evil Knievel's kef- kettle, Tobolandine's hip flask, <laughs> uh, the the skull of the dog from the, That's Life that said sausages and all this. Yeah, yeah, that was in the first episode. Yeah, um, which we've changed that to Grumpy Cat for Aye. another version of it, yeah. You remember Grumpy Cat? They go, yeah, that, that's his skull. And I drop it, and then uh, Polly goes, uh, God, even his even his skull looks grumpy. <laughs> but there was a gag in there where uh, Johnny goes, like Alexi goes, "What's this?" And Johnny goes, "That's the golden egg of memorabilia. All the Fab Four signatures on one piece of paper." So Alexi goes, "Oh my God, you're right." Uh, and he goes, "Look at this." He goes, "George." Jeffrey, Bungle, uh, George, <laughs> Jeffrey, Zippy, and Bungle, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> uh, that's the that's the that's the little gag. So obviously that was George the original is a, line. Yeah, and then hmm. and then uh, uh, Lee Mack said the order should change. He didn't, didn't come in and do it like he was taking over. It was just, just went uh, as a suggestion because obviously yeah, yeah. Lee Mack's one of the best gag. Very writers. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just one of the funniest comics i think yeah, yeah he's, he's actually my been my favorite comic for a long time yeah i, I, I can't believe he did it to be honest <laughs> but <Yeah>. he'd heard <laughs> it he'd heard it coming back from a gig uh and uh like so i remember he was in the mighty crazy. boost radio series years ago yeah he was yeah 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 um but uh yeah so he said um the way to do it is to say uh, he suggested he said this might work better if you go uh, oh, the Fab Four signatures, George, Bungle, Jeffrey, and Zippy. Uh, um, oh, that's it. No, George. No, Zippy was first. Jeffrey, Zip, uh, George Zippy. Zippy. Yeah, yeah, George, yeah. I won't be saying. Zippy, Bungle, and Jeffrey. Now, in yeah. my head, I thought put the two real names next to each other. Yeah. But then I realized that well, Jeffrey wasn't in the Beatles, so the yeah, joke yeah. falls apart yes. there. But he's also not the most yeah. famous member of Rainbow, which is Zippy. And it's a yes, word. exactly. So it gets people straight away. They know what, yeah, that's what the it. joke so get, is. That's it. So as soon as you hear Zippy, we got a which, laugh. Which and is interesting. Yeah. Bungle and Jeffrey got another laugh at the end. And that yeah. was because Lee had just changed the order of the names. Weirdly. That's great. Because, an extra beat. because you'd think normally with a joke, you want to leave the, revi- the reveal till the last point you possibly can. But that in that situation, yeah. you can. that's perfect. That's great. Yeah, and you got two weird. laughs out of it. Yeah, and that was it because it made complete sense as soon as he said it. Because again, mm. I don't know why, but in my head, I was thinking put the real human names there. And yeah, yeah. A bigger reveal, but then I was like, well, Jeffrey wasn't. So at that there? point, everyone's a little bit confused. Com- yeah. Thinking, oh, what Fab Four were they talking about? And then, yeah. But if you do yeah. Zippy, people go, ah, yeah. Rainbow. That's funny. Yeah, and um, and then they kind of <laughs> laugh because they then they go, oh yeah, the were four member. That's quite funny. <laughs> so yeah just a little thing like that just mm. enhance it because it would have still worked it just wouldn't have had that big yeah, yeah. reaction it would have just 
at the end, he'd have said it to silence and then had a laugh at the end. So Whereas you get this lovely laugh going throughout him reading so with, the name. So when I write jokes, like it goes through a long process of I really like keep changing bits, uh, change mm. the angle, change who's saying it, just to try and work out what the best way is. Would you say that you've, since doing the, the script writing, that your joke writing's improved because you look at it a bit from a different way now? Yeah, definitely. Well, like, I've, I didn't really, because I've always had this ridiculous idea that I'm, this sort of, I like to be real on stage and I'm just mm. real and people know what does what I do. Look at me talking the <laughs> truth. And, and uh, but then it got, my act got so angry, like last year, I think, to the point I was going, I'm getting too angry on, because it was all just talking about real things. I was going, am I genuinely mm. getting angry now? And, uh, and if people heckled me, I'd just go absolutely out and out. Someone <laughs> sent me a video of me at Christmas. I went to do these Sheffield gigs at Christmas. And the audience is there sometimes, you know, Christmas gigs are just yeah. awful. And I was tanking this gig and this guy was trying to slag me off. But I always find it funny because I present myself as such a loser. Mm. That why, why would you make fun of a loser anyway? He's already yeah, knocked yeah. himself down. So I tore my shirt off and I ran, and there's a big long table with about 25, 30 people on it. And I just walked down it, kicking everyone's food over. And I let down, went, you listen to me, a fucking piece of shit. And I started screaming at him. And then I called, told everyone that they were just awful people and that I hate them and I hate Sheffield. I went through everything I hate about Sheffield. And then uh, the guy dragged me down and I ended up having, like jumping on him, thinking, <laughs> I think in my head that was really funny. And then someone sent me a clip of it and I went, that looks terrible, actually. I think I'm really, really angry. <laughs> It's just me going, yeah, listen to me, a piece of shit. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but in my head, I thought that's the funny, like that's not, because like a comedian would, you're supposed to just think of a witty put down and then carry on. But I just think it's funny if someone just loses their shit because no one yeah, expects yeah. it. Like one lad moved to the front of a gig in Manchester and, he, and I was really struggling. But I don't mind struggling. So I was emceeing, so I had to keep going back on. And I went back on, and this lad had moved to an empty table, and he was sat there. And I went, "Oh, you've moved tables." He went, "Yes, yeah, sir. I just wanted to see how shit you were up close." Oh I went, God. "Oh, really? Did you?" Right. So I grabbed his wine and poured it all over his head. I went, "How's that look for you, privileged little piece of shit?" <laughs> I don't think that's funny that no one would uh, do that. See, but, the thing uh, that that is, no, if if that you were, that was that of all if you were smashing <laughs> the gig. And they're all on side. That would be hilarious. But I can just imagine. How oh, it was to si- it was to <laughs> silence, and then and then and then I, and everyone just hate everyone hated me. I ended up peeping the balcony shouting. <laughs> so I climbed up to the balcony and stole his bottle of wine, and then down that, and then anyone else for the heck? And then and obviously I was instantly pissed. This is terrible. Man. I don't do this at every gig, by the way. This is a one-off. This is when I went. I'm changing. This is my for the Radio Four audience, right? Yeah, yeah. But then I went. But I was hoping, in my head, I was thinking, the more ridiculous I go, they'll definitely get on side because they'll be like, God, this guy's just not well. But it didn't. It just created more tension in the room. <laughs> and then I ended up going behind the bar because they said they were plastic-free now and they were trying to be smug. Oh, and I thought, yeah. really, a plastic-free artist? So I went behind the bar and just found all the plastic stuff. And then I thought this was funny. So I got a tub of lemons they'd slice for drinks, and it was plastic. So I went, well, that's plastic, isn't it? And then someone heckled me, so I threw all these lemons at them. And then I went, <laughs> and then I just got a handful, and, and the bar staff went, can you give us back the lemons? And I went, no, I went, the sweet taste of victory, and shoved all these lemons in my mouth and started <laughs> struggling, which I thought was funny. But again, that, that was just a silence. <laughs> <laughs>
went, yeah. I think I need to change the act. Maybe we should write some jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We're going to do a few jokes round about now. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Phyllis! Get in. Hashtag Hawuga. Phyllis. Oh, great company. Really enjoyed that chat. Bloody lovely. And we've got some more of it at some point for you to devour. Oh, what a tease. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, keep people. But if you, you know, get get subscribing to the podcast so you don't miss it. Here's one, Joel. If you want, I mean, we always sort of give a little sort of maybe leave a review or join the Patreon at mm-hmm, mm-hmm. patreon.com forward slash jokes with Mark. Also extra content there if you want to support the podcast. But also if you'd like to support the podcast, give it a share. Why not oh, give, it a share? give it a share? We want lots of people. I, I want more people to listen to it now, Joe. I've decided. Like, I really like the people that listen to it, but I decided I want. I want to double that. Yeah. So me too. So if you like, if I tweet it or something, or go and go and share a link, do something like that. That'd be really nice. Say to them, I listened to this thing and it's bloody good. You should listen too. Is that quite a good little? I think it's a good little thing, little yeah. Cell, let's let's broaden and grow the jokes family. That's what I want to do, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I hope you're having a good time in Italy, Joel. So do I, and I'll be back before you know it, Mark. Will you? Will you be back before next week? Yeah. Oh, we can talk about what you've been we up can, to. Oh, it'll be good. I can't wait. Me neither. Are you going to quarantine when you come back? No, n- t- not at the moment. <laughs> no. Oh, I hope you hope but you can come back. Joe. Government guidance is changing all the time. It is, isn't it? So yeah. by the time this goes out, maybe well, this is the thing. My girlfriend's in Greece, and I don't know what's going on with that because there's more cases in Greece now. Oh, Who well. knows? But live, live each day as if it's your last. And <laughs> is that a Ronan Keating? <laughs> what? Isn't that from a Ronan Keating? <laughs> Life's a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> you say it best, Mark, when you say nothing at all. Yeah, you didn't have to. Oh, cutting. Fine. Thanks, Joel. It's been fun. Um, 
Uh, oh, is there? Oh, Joe, 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 Joe. Mark. Oh, Joe. Mark. Is there, is there anything more for me, Joe? Oh, there's nothing more for me. Is there anything more for you, Mark? No, 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 nothing more for me, Joe. Hashtag Uber, everybody. See you next week. 